to you from the City of Roses. This is a broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I am excited to have Michael Yost from Strategies join us on our podcast. Yes, guys, we've talked about strategies for four years on this podcast, and we've never had one of them on our show. <laughs> That's how much we love strategies. We waited four years. Actually, it was like a delayed gift. Is what we did for you. We've been holding out all this time. Now, if you come to LashCon, you've had the, the blessing to hear Michael speak. He is a regular. In fact, Strategies is our only regular that we have back every year just because we believe so much in the mission that Strategies is doing to help salons change the way they do business so that they can be successful. And because of that, um, we finally decided, you know what? What are we doing? We should have him on. So Michael's going to be on here today. And we're going to talk about a few things that you need to do for your business if you really want to hire and grow, right? You, you, it's, a lot of you I know are working solo, but you're probably thinking about hiring soon. And so today we're going to talk about some things that you need to do. We're going to talk about critical numbers that you need to track. I'm not going to go all through all of them. We're going to give you a couple of those. Talk about communication systems that you need to put in. We're going to give you one. We're going to say this is one you have to put in your team if you really want to grow your business. And last, we're also going to talk about cash flow or budgeting. Because I know a lot of people out there are wondering, like, where do I put my money? How do I budget? How do I do it? It's not just guesswork. In fact, I, we're going to do a future episode where I'm going to really break down and give you some percentages for a lot of things. Like, there's this – I've heard terrible numbers like spend 30% of your budget on advertising. That's ridiculous. Or that you should spend 60% of your budget on salaries. Like, there are certain percentages if you go over – then there's no chance you're going to be able to pay your bills. You're just going to go out of business because your numbers are all messed up. We'll do that in the future one. But today, we're going to go over that a little bit with Michael. And I, you'll get a lot from this episode. I think it's going to be a really good one. But before, as always, we have announcements. Not a lot to talk about. Just LashCon, guys. That's all. It's coming. We're going to do ticket sales April 5th. That's the goal. Fingers crossed. I get everything done by that time. I might just put it up anyways, even if the website's not 100% done. I just want to get things going. I literally every day now, someone's hitting up going, when are their tickets? When are their ticket sales? Every day I'm getting told, asked that question. And so I'm just getting it out there to everyone now through here. So get ready, mark your calendars. And if you're not LashCast Insider, go to our show notes or the link in the bio on our Instagram and sign up today to be an insider because you will get a discount code and you'll have first dibs. We might give people, if we get things up, we might give our insiders a heads, or an early chance to buy tickets, let's just say that. When we plan, the, well, we know the, the VIP tickets will sell out. We've already sold 25% of them way back in November. So if you want to get in and get that ticket, Become a LashCast Insider. You'll get it on our email list. You'll get a little gift from us right away, and you'll get discount codes and notifications and all that fun stuff. Also, we have our Lash Retention and Styling course where Tustany teaches you how you can get your lashes, not just the last four weeks, but to look good for four weeks. Her clients come to her once every four. Some go five. Some go three. And by the way, she charges a lot for what she does, guys. She charges $203 or $270 for a fill. Not a new set, a fill. And you only get there by giving great lash retention and great service and a lot of other things. But that one of the keys is retention. So if you want to learn her secrets, sign up today, April 9th and 10th. So our next class with Shelby at her studio, Pink Lady Lash Boss Radio. That She's the boss behind that. And then we'll be in May 14th, 15th at the Fangirl Society in New York. And then we'll be here at Key Lashes in Los Angeles, June 11th through 12th. Sign up today. Links are on the show notes. And blah, blah, blah. Oh, one more thing. And next month, our... 
webinar we're doing is called Lash Myths Busted. So if you want us time for that, look for the link soon. If it's not already out, it will be out next week or two. April 18th is the date, and we'll have the replay. So if you can't make the date, don't worry. We'll have the replay. Now, I forgot. Uh, we have one more thing, guys, I need to tell you about, and that is Strategies is going to give you a discount code for the upcoming webinar or online class called Solo the Team. This is a perfect class for you guys. If you work by yourself right now and are looking to hire, you want to take this class. You need to take this class. Not just want, you, I'm going to say you need to, all right? And I think it's going to be a really good class and give you some really good details and how to do this. It's going to be April 3rd through the 5th, so it's not like just an hour or two webinar. They're going to break down and give you a lot of details. In fact, what we're talking about today is just kind of a little preview of what you're going to get over these three days. So that's April 3rd through the 5th. It's online. I believe they're going to be doing in-person ones too soon, but... For now, you can take the online ones so you can just stay home and do it. And I'm going to give you a discount code, LASHCAST25. So you save 25% off the price of the online class. I'll have in the show notes a link to it, LASHCAST25. And so enter that, and you can sign up for solo the team and save some money. And by the way, this is something we're going to start doing more. We realize all this time we have all these amazing guests, and we're not giving you guys gifts from our gift guests. So actually something I'm going to start asking them more. It's like, hey, man, you come on my show. You got to give away stuff. And Strategies has always supported us, always willing to give away stuff. So we're thankful for them to do that. And I promise you guys this will be a course that you will love and change. It will just revolutionize the way you think and really prepare you so you can go away from being that solopreneur and finally begin to bring on that team that you've been dreaming about. And now that hopefully COVID is calming down, you'll be ready to expand and grow in the coming years. All right, guys, now let's get into the episode. We're sit down with Michael, and we're going to talk about a few things that you need to start thinking about or do in your company before you hire your first employee. Guys, we're here in the Lashcast Studios. Excited, really, to have someone that we've known for a long time, but has had a huge impact in our life. And it's crazy; it's taken this long, four years, to get Michael Yost on our show from Strategies. But welcome to the show, Michael. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Like I said, good things, man. You got to sometimes you just got to wait. They got to age a little bit, yes. like a good wine, right? So that's how this works out. Our I'm cheese. good. I'm cool with it. Yeah, our cheese, Michael. Cheese. Yeah, right. Michael is a good cheese that's aged, and uh, we've known Michael. I think we met Michael was 2014 or 2013. Actually, I think it was 2013, and we took a thing um, called Incubator. And it's really this amazing four day, is it four or five days? I think it's four days, right? Four days. Four days. It really is a transformational four days for any salon owner. It gives you hope. It just lets you know there is a way to run your business where you're not pulling your hair out and losing sleep and not having any idea how to get control of it. It really changes everything. And we're, it helped us. And we're so thankful for you, I Michael. I have to yeah. say it was the first time, it was the beginning of our transformation to be real business owners because Incubator gave us the tools to learn how to get out of the hole that we were in and drive the business in a healthy way. Totally. So- Thank you, Michael. He was one of our coaches that day, along with Daryl, who actually ended up being our actual coach we hired to be with us one-on-one. And so Strategies, if you guys don't know much, I thought maybe real quick, Michael, you can give people just a quick overview of Strategies, what you guys do and all that, because I... I mean, we do. And I, I think you'd probably say it better than I would. <laughs> well, let me give it a shot. Then. Yeah. Let me give it a shot. <laughs> so uh, what Strategies is, is we are a business education company focused within the beauty industry. Our main line of sight is all things salon, brows, medical, 
spas, again, all within that beauty umbrella. And really what we're about is this. It's just about no-nonsense business education. It's going to help elevate your company, regardless of size, regardless of makeup. doesn't matter if you're one person, two people, uh, or if you're 100 or 200, or if you have multiple locations. The key is this, is that everyone needs to have a good, solid base on which to build their business And uh, that's really what it's about. And then other services that we offer with that is so we do classes like uh, Paul and Tessany just kind of referenced. We have Incubator, which is basically our flagship, our blueprint for the business model class. We have multiple other classes. You can check out online strategies.com. We also do coaching uh, and work with people on a coaching on a regular coaching basis. And that looks like speaking one-on-one with your coach weekly or bi-weekly as far as that goes. And we also do on-site work and different things of that nature. But in the end, good education, good solid education, no smoke and mirrors, just, man, what do we need to do to keep growing our companies? Yeah, it's no fluff, really. And that's one of the things I appreciate because I, I remember before you guys, before we hired you, I actually started reading all these books on salon management, salon, how to run your salon. And I was amazed how much just nothing was in the book. I'd be like, I'm reading stuff. And it's just like, oh yeah, just think positive And you know, <laughs> it's just like- Have a right. business plan. Or generic, know. yeah, just have a business plan. We won't tell you how to make one, but just have a business plan. Right. And it was just like, wow, this is really not helpful. And then I remember running into you guys. And it was like, it wasn't sexy, but no. it was so practical. It was just like, okay, right. that's I put my hands on that, and I can actually make that happen in my business. And I saw immediate benefits from it. And it's that's kind of like just the gospel truth, yeah. just plain and simple. You're saving yeah. salons one, yes. one salon at a time. Salon at a time. <laughs> well, and for those not familiar, I mean, I have the same exact story. I mean, even though now I am now president of the company, at one point in time, it was uh, 1991 where I attended Incubator for myself. And got into it. I'm sorry, this is 1991. This meant 2001. I'm sorry. Okay. But you're a lot younger you know, now. It was 20, it was, yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah, it was like 91. Wait a second. But no, 2001. And 20 years ago, attended Incubator for my own company because, again, my background is hairdresser by trade, hairdresser for 25 years, business owner 16 of those years. And I did it for the same exact reasons that you guys went to the class because you're like, I'm looking for a better way to do business. And that's exactly what I was looking for. And I did the same exact thing. I appreciated the fact that there's no smoke and mirrors. There was no easy button. No. But I got clarity about what I needed to do for my business, not only just from a number standpoint, but also just from a leadership communication, all that good stuff standpoint. So. Anyway. Yeah, I always tell people, and a lot of people reach out to me and ask about you guys. And they're like, hey, you know, is it great? And I'm always like, yeah, absolutely. But I do give them a, a warning. I said, but you're going to work hard. It's going to require a lot of you because they're going to give you systems. And those don't come by just naturally pop up in your business. You have to actually do some work to get everything put in place. It gets easier as you go. But the initial stuff, it's a little overwhelming and it's a lot of work. But it is so worth it because then... The peace of mind comes, the culture comes, the team begins to gel, and all all those dreams you had when you first got into business actually begin become possible. Where beforehand you, you were like this, one day I hope it'll be better. It's kind of like hiring a trainer for fitness, right? You hire the trainer, but you're the one who has to actually do the work. You're the one who's doing the squatting, the heavy lifting. And you don't get a transformation unless you put the work in. And it's the same kind of thing. You have to do the heavy lifting. Yeah. In fact, I remember one last artist who had tried you guys. She did say, well, they don't do any of the work. I'm like, 
you're not hiring them as assistants. <laughs> they're, they're, they're coaches. They're here yeah. to show you what to do, not do it for you. She was like, I just don't understand. Why aren't they doing everything? I'm like, like your budget? They're supposed to do your budget for you? It doesn't make any sense to me. By the way, that costs a lot that more. Could be, hey, listen, you just come out to an extra service we could start to offer. Yeah. We'll run it for you. <laughs> as long as we get 25% of your business, we'll come in like Shark Tank and we'll own your, you know. That's exactly it. Yeah, so. yeah. There you go. Whole new branch for you guys. Anyhow, yep. so today what we want to talk about were three things you need to have in place before you hire. Because everyone I know in this industry, I'd say majority of last year, I should say not everyone, at one point are thinking, I want to hire. I want to have a staff. I want to have my own salon. And we're in the last world, so they're really thinking about last salons. So we wanted to be able to talk about what would be a, some of the key things that people need to have at least be working on and getting into place before they hire that first employee. Because I know that a lot of people get into this business, almost like I call them accidental business owners. They just start doing stuff and they don't really think about what's next ahead of time. They just go, well, I'm going to hire my first person. I mean, I think Tuss, right? I mean, That's you got exactly busy. what happened. I just hired someone, put them on the floor. And then before you knew it, there was like a circus Threw them to the wolves, right? Yeah. But I also want this to be an encouragement to our listeners who have already taken that plunge and yeah. they've already hired and they're like, oh no, help me. So we're going to give you some tangible things that you can actually do to help. Exactly. So, Michael, we will, what we're hoping to do, by the way, guys, is there's a lot to cover. I mean, obviously, there's more than three things you need to do. We're going to cover kind of three big ideas, and then we're going to go deeper on a couple of these things to give you some ideas. And, of course, there's always more opportunities to learn this stuff. And if you listen to our podcast, we give all this stuff away all the time. But we at least, at least point you in the right direction. So, first, Michael, what's the first thing that you think people really need to work on or get under control if they want to have their own business or hire someone, I should say? I think if we're specifically talking about hiring, I think the first thing I would advise anyone is to do this is what is the need? Make sure there's the need to hire, mm. you know, and I know that sounds a little bit like, really, but you would be amazed at the number of businesses that we work with that hire just because it feels like it might be a good decision, <laughs> but they don't really know that that is a good decision. And so when you hire for need, you actually never make a bad hire. And I always put in parentheses, you may make a bad hire because maybe they don't fit culturally or things like that. But when you hire for need, you never make a bad hire from a financial standpoint, because if the need is there, the business will be there. And so with that need, that comes down to one word for me, which is productivity. So how do I know if I hire for need? Well, what does your productivity tell you? And that should be the one dictating factor that says, that'd be my starting point is, do I have the need? Same thing if you already have an existing, maybe you already have a team, whether large or small, when do I need to add or when is it the right time to continue to add and grow my team? Again, productivity, the same exact measurement is there, whether you're starting brand new, looking for your first hire, or you're looking to build your existing team, productivity should be everyone's you know, there's a 1A and a 1B to this. The 1A is the one need is, do I have the need for it based upon productivity? The 1B behind it then is what fits for my plan, my financial plan for my company. And we do something called a cash flow plan. It's something we talk a lot about at strategies, but I'll kind of leave the answer kind of ending up here because I'm sure we'll explore more areas. But yeah. again, do I have a need? based on productivity and how does it fit the financial plan, the cash flow plan that I have for my company for the health of it in that way as well. No, that's great. And I, I actually heard it once said that don't hire out of uh, ego, hire out of need. 
And I think a lot of right. people have this need or just, you know, it's just, you want to fit in. You want to look like you're successful. You want to look like you're killing it. And I think people often want to say, well, I mean, I see other people with staff and I'm kind of busy. So maybe I'll make more money if I hire more people, which is, by the way, if you don't understand your numbers, you'll quickly learn you actually might make less money the more people you hire. It's right. one of the bizarre anomalies about the last or the beauty industry is often salons. I've seen this even with strategies. People let go staff or people leave and their salons become more profitable. It's like, wait, yes. how's that uh, yes. possible? But that's because they don't know their numbers. So maybe let's talk about cash flow. I just wanted to interrupt real quick, just because some of our listeners may be hearing this. And, and I really want to point out, you talk about productivity and productivity. It's not actually this esoteric thing like, oh, somebody's working hard. It's actually <laughs> a hard number that it's a formula. And if you don't know what your productivity is, that's as hindrance to you as a businesswoman. Exactly. So when he's talking about productivity, there's a hard and fast way to figure what that is. So let's get to that one first. Let's, yeah. That's one of the yeah. critical numbers that you need to know is your productivity. So what is a uh, break down? What is yeah. productivity? And then we'll talk about cash flow after that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought it up, Tessany. I mean, you, you bring up a great point. Productivity, when it comes down to it, is very simple. It is just a matter of how many hours do you have for sale divided by the hours I've sold. So it becomes you're really just looking for a percentage. So it just you're looking at and saying, listen, I have 100 hours that I have available to sell on my schedule. Are you talking about a month? And if I sold 80 of those hours, I'm 80% productive. So it's just a simple measurement of how many hours do I have for sale? How many hours did I sold? We just do the simple math and we go, what's that percentage? And so for everyone that's listening in, the sweet spot that you want to be in the area you want to be in is you want to be in that 80 to 85% range for productivity. You know, if you're lower than 80%, and what I will tell you is if you're lower than what I would call, I almost give it a little bit of like my red light, yellow light, green light theory here. So green light would be, man, keep on doing what you're doing. You're in great shape. This now's the time to make things happen. You know, green light would be 80 to 85%. You're in that sweet spot. That means, yeah, it's time to keep moving forward. All right. Now, yellow to me would be, all right, I'm 75 to 80%, which would say to me, if I saw a company that was in 75 to 80% productive, I wouldn't advise them to go out right away and hire, but I would gather more info. Maybe they've got a training program, takes X amount of time, bring someone up to speed. Maybe there's some time that would be involved. So I could see looking for my next hire when I reach 75%. And when I say these points, we're looking to measure this over. I want to see this over at least eight weeks, eight to 12 weeks of time. Not just I spiked a week, Christmas. not just two weeks, but I want to see some history there yeah. and maintain these levels overall as an average. But if you're below 75%, that is red light. There's no reason you should hire. And I'll go to what Paul had said earlier about this. Because really, there's a lot of things negatively that can happen to your company. But one of the things happens is, when you hire not for need, all you do, and it does not matter your pay structure, all you do is you drive your cost of your business upward. It costs more money per hour to do your business. And that's not a good formula. We want to drive that number as low as we possibly can. High productivity makes that number come down. Low productivity raises the cost that it takes per hour to run your company. Yeah. And that's the issue. I think a lot of people right now is they're listening. This might be news to them. So we want to unpack it or let's review a few things. 
and I think when we're talking about, like Tustin mentioned, is like we say a month. You take a month, and 100 is a nice, easy round number, but most people aren't working 100 hours. They're working, let's say, 30 hours a week, and maybe it's 120, 140 a month. Right. Whatever that number is, you just add up those hours. And what I remember when we did this in strategies at the incubators, you always had us go back three months. You said, okay, take three months, add up all your hours you could have sold, and then add up all the hours you actually sold and average out what it is per month. Because truth is, some months, like February, where we're in right now, are short. And then you have other right. months, like March, which are longer, like 31 days. And you actually have to figure out kind of an average to be able to figure out what your productivity is. And once you have that number, then that lets you know one of two things. Like you said, you're higher. Or the other option, I always tell people um, when they're getting busy, I said, before you hire, and because hiring is a big step. I mean, it means you're becoming a leader now. Um, right. Can you raise your prices? Maybe become first the most expensive lash artist in your area. And then with that what high level, then you bring other people in and start doing that because actually it's going to be harder to get your prices up higher with a team. Also, when you, you're tracking things like productivity, you can also tell um, it's built into it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, satisfaction. You know, are you, are you doing well? You know, are you hitting the mark? Yeah, yeah, obviously you're building, if you have productivity, that means people are sticking around. You're not burning people out or either that or you're a marketing genius and you're just really good at burn and turn clients. But most likely, right. I think productivity, that's something that really shows that you have retention and people like you. And that's another number, um, which, which was learning to track your client retention is a great thing um, that people should yeah. know how to do because that really lets you know how really good you're doing in your work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you mentioned client retention and, you know, that's again, another, you know, it's another, we call them critical numbers, yeah. uh, you know, but it, it is a critical number that every business needs to know. Uh, and that is retention. And that is just simply a measurement of, Hey, how many new clients did I see? Let's just use the, uh, I'll just use the month that we're in like, Hey, we're in uh, right now when we're, we're having this conversation, we're in the month of February. Great. So how many new clients did I see in that month? I'm going to allow, and again, our guidelines are we say, give them 90 days to return, which 90 days is more. I've not talked to one person anywhere in the beauty industry that doesn't agree that 90 days is more than a fair amount of time to return for that service that needs done. So again, we're giving the benefit of the doubt that says we're going to give you 90 days to return back to the company. And now it's the measurement of, again, simple math, you know, uh, just simply if we saw you know, uh, again, I'll stick with the easy stuff. A hundred new clients in the, in that particular month, I allowed 90 days to pass. At the end of that 90 days, how many of those new clients returned back for another visit to our company? Hey, we saw 60 of them came back for a return visit to our company. Doesn't matter to who, just they came back to our business. Maybe they came back to you and that's fine, but they just came back to your business 60% then is return. And that's a great number, by the way. You yeah. want to be over 50% for new client retention. Yeah. You know, when we were in strategy, that was our magic that we had. We twice actually won best retention <laughs> working with yes. awards because retention is everything. It tells you how good that's your report card. Are you doing good work or not? And if you're wowing clients, they'll come back and tracking new client retention and returning client retention are, are key indicators of your success and give you that confidence that you're going to be able to hire and grow your business. And, and if you, cause we don't have those numbers then you're guessing, you're just like, I don't know how many people came back or yeah. my marketing maybe is great, but my retention sucks. It's like, I always loved what you guys said. It's like, these are dials on your, 
your dashboard, and they're just giving you information to know if your car is healthy and doing the right thing. And if it's not, the red light's popping on. You're like, oh, crap. I remember this happening at one point. Our new client retention was dropping, and I realized we were down, like, we were normally at 60 to 70%, and we were down to, I think, like 30 or 40%. And I was like, guys, what's going on in our salon? We're doing something wrong right now that people are not wowed, and we had to go back and rethink of our customer experience that we tool it a little bit to level it up and help people get back in this business. Yeah, that's 100% it. I mean, you're hitting right on it, Paul, where you got to recognize the fact that any number, it's only a result of an action or a behavior. That's all it is. So we want to know our numbers so that we can say, is the action that's producing that a good one? Or is the action, do we need to change it up? And you gave a great reference point. And, you know, I always love to use my boys as examples. I have two sons. My one now is college age. And so he shares with me the fact that he's got a, you know, a 3.8 GPA. I'm pretty happy about that because that number, all that says is the number. I'm not happy about 3.8. I'm happy about the fact that obviously he's following through. He's doing his work. He's doing the things he needs to do. Now, if he called me up one day and said, dad, you know, my, my GPA is now a 2.0. I might be a little bit more upset about that because the <laughs> action would be you're probably partying too much and having too much of a good time and not focusing. But your client retention, you hit it right on the on the nose is that's the lifeblood of your business. And it is your customer service score. Simple as that. Are you great at the customer overall customer experience or not? And that retention number tells you you are or you're not. And are you getting an A? Are you getting an F? But you got to know so you can make it better or maintain it. Mm-hmm. If you're getting yeah. an A, we want to keep doing the A level things. If we're if we're failing, well, then we just need to go, hey, listen, we got to make this better. It's like we are what we are, but let's get better. Exactly. We have to be brave enough to face the truth, even if it's yes. something that we don't like, because that's the only way that we can coach ourselves to get better and improve that grade. Yeah, it's like the idea is to be honest with yourself, be self-aware and let those numbers help you grow your business. So it's not an emotional decision anymore. It's just really matter of fact, like, hey, productivity is down. All right, guys, we need to get more clients in the door or look, if you see both productivity going down and retention going down, then you know you have a customer service problem or something's not quite right in the salon. Maybe your team's dissatisfied and maybe they're, they're not really, they're just mailing it in when a client comes into a room or something like that. Something's wrong and it just helps you investigate and finally become a detective actually at that point. And you're like, okay, let's unpack and find, which by the way, if you approach it the right way, can be fun. That could be part of the fun of business because now you're like, look, I tweaked this dial and look what happened. Oh, productivity went up. Oh, I tweaked this dial and and we improved this. So it can be kind of a real fun way of uh, running a business. Yeah. Again, if we do it the right way, business is fun. It's meant to be an endeavor that's rewarding, rewarding you in many, many different ways, whether it's just a reward because you feel as though like your sense of accomplishment, your sense of personal growth, there can be that kind of reward. We hope also it helps to reward people. And again, I'm not just talking about just that sole owner. We're talking about the people that are part of that business as well. If you're a business that has that. So if you're a sole proprietor, awesome. You know, there's a reward in there for you. That's that satisfaction, that purpose. But also we hope too, that there's the reward that we also can be rewarded financially and grow that way as well. And for those that might be a part of our company. So yeah, doing business the right way can be very rewarding from a number of levels. Yeah. That's what we want to make it. And that's why I felt like with you guys, when we got, we got all these systems in place, it did become fun because it was a game. Now we were plugging in, trying new things. And you guys, once in a while, come with something new. Hey, why don't you try this? It was great. One thing I want to go back as, I and mean, we'll move on to, I think we'll talk about cash flow in a second, but just to go back about productivity for people. 
as they're looking at this number, I think you said 90 days. For Lash Artists, just think two to four weeks for you. I think that's going to be the measure of your productivity. Like, how often does a client come back? Because usually if they're gone for 90 days, they're actually gone. <laughs> they're like, they're not, they're, com- gone. they're not coming back. That would be, so just kind of, yeah, I just want to make sure we're clear. Yeah, if we're talking about retention and new client retention, you'd probably be exactly right, Paul. Yeah. Because you were saying productivity. Oh, yeah, just retention, so again, yeah. Yeah, productivity, you're going to always keep an eye on that. And there is no waiting period for that. It's just yeah. like, what happened last week? What was my productivity yesterday? Last week, the last month. But what we want to say is, on productivity, make your decisions based on at least an eight to 12 week span, yeah. not just I was busy a week. But you bring up a great point about retention. You know, in your world, and we say this a lot, is you do need to know what your expected turnaround would be. We allow 90 days. But again, in your world, you'd say, hey, listen, 90 days, man, they got to come in every four weeks, every two to four weeks kind yeah. of thing. So you could easily reduce that time frame to, like I said, a, a 30 day, a 45 day, give a little bit of extra and get a measurement that way. And you'd be perfectly fine because all you care about is, are they returning to us within a time span that fits the model of our business and our company. And by the way, there's a lot of software companies that have adopted the strategies report system. And this is one of these reports. And if you guys don't do reports, this is something maybe, not maybe, you need to, when you start hiring, you need to have reports because they give you the critical numbers that you need to know, like that productivity, the retention of new clients, as well as returning clients. And there's certain companies that have done a really good job, like Mevo, I know, works with you guys. I believe Forrest, I think Forrest works with you guys. There's other companies that don't. I mean, they're like a lot of the smaller single operator ones, uh, like Square, um, if you want right. to use Square. They're, they're not using these. And they have their own reporting, and you can probably even go in and, and maybe get this information. I know we use Booker, and I found a way to get Booker to give me the reports I need. It takes a little bit more work, but you can right. get there, and it's just it's going to help you with your business. So this something to be thinking about as you're looking to hire is – these are two critical numbers to track, and as far as reporting, something. Or, that needs or to even if you staff right now, yeah. and and you just don't aren't tracking these things, you can yeah. start uh, checking these reports out on Absolutely, your own. Absolutely, yeah. Start doing it now. It's not yeah. something you want to wait. One day I'll do it. No, no. no. Like if you're not doing do. it, start to do right. it now. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Right. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about cash flow because cash flow is another area that I think people really don't do a lot of work on and don't plan. And it can really help guide their business, especially when they start getting staff and all that. And maybe we can break down because this for me was the big, this is a huge one. (laughs) It's huge. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, cash flow at its core is, is this is the cash flow plan is, is a tool that, that we advocate and that we want every business to, to use because you are making a plan for the health of your company financially. Mm-hmm. That's all that's all it's about. So a cash flow plan, some would say if you picture basically uh, to make it somewhat easy for everyone to understand is, are you just talking about creating a budget? And in a way, the answer is absolutely yes, because we do want to know what are our expenses and we need to, we in a sense need to budget what those expenses are. But it's not a budget from the standpoint of what you're also trying to do with that is, yes, you're listing your expenses, you're keeping track of your expenses and your and the money that comes in and out of your company. 
but you're also making a plan for growth in your company and how you'd like to see that happen and how we can, you know, because again, if we can increase productivity, what's the, what's the result of that? How's that's going to grow our sales number? If we get, if we can increase our retail aspect of our business, how does that grow our overall sales number? If we can reduce expenses, if we can cut down on this, if we can make these changes, those adjustments, if we can start to even cash flow plan is there for you to start to build up some of those dream things you might like to do. Maybe you'd like to offer some type of uh, a benefit in your company, an educational benefit, some paid time off, things like that. All those things, even retirement aspects, whether it's you know simple IRA or things of that nature, all of that goes into you building a plan to make that happen. And that's what the cash flow plan is about. It's about, yes, making sure that we are working properly with our finances, but it's more about also saying, what can we do? And let's make a dream. Let's map out and how we want to get to that goal, that dream that we're looking to achieve in this next 12 months, 24 months, 36 months. And we usually build them in 12 month increments. So over this next year, you know, hey, we're early in 2022 right now when we're talking. What's it going to look like for the remaining part of this year? No matter when you're listening in on this, What's the next 12 months hold in store for you? And do you have a plan financially to make that healthy for your company and growth in your company? And that's the core of what it's about. Could you safely say um, that it's a tool that allows you to see how much money is coming in so that you can dream hard? You can plan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's the simplest way to think about it is exactly that. And it's it's not complicated and it's easy to do. It's just a matter of, I'd say the fear behind it is, I think, so I think a couple of people hold, I think things, a couple of fears hold people back. Cause like I said, it's very simple in its practice and its execution. But sometimes I think two, a couple of fear factors creep in. And one of those is I might not really want to know. So <laughs> I kind of don't pay attention to it. Or suddenly it just feels like a lot of information, but you know what? It's information you all have to know about your businesses because again, money flows in and out. You just can't trust the fact what you cannot do for your business is just go, hey, there's money in my checking account. That must mean everything's okay. Well, that doesn't always add up, you know, and I'll give you one example, like an easy example to relate to. Hey, I might have $1,000 in my checking account right now as we speak. That's great. But if I looked at that one, does that make me healthy or not? It doesn't make me healthy if I know in three days from now, I have to pay my mortgage or my rent, which is $2,000. So again, just looking at what's in your checking account doesn't equate to health of your company. You need to know what's going on in your company. And again, a cash flow plan helps you to know. So can we go a little bit deeper into this special sauce of the cash flow plan? Can we talk a little bit in broad strokes about how we figure that out, just like we did with productivity? Maybe help people know what some of the breakdowns of the numbers they should be expecting. Yeah, perfect. So again, cash flow plans, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. What it involves is what are we doing in overall sales? So again, you can either, like some, when we work with people, we have them put in their actuals, but you can also take your best guess as we think ahead, because it's very easy to start to say, based upon the hours we have for sale and what we charge per hour, we can make really good, accurate guesses about our sales, even in the future. But the top line of it is nothing more than what do we do in overall sales? What's our overall sales number? 
After that, we start to look and we start to say, what, you know, let's start to deduct what our expenses start to emerge in our company. So you're talking about things such as payroll, your own personal payroll, your team's payroll. Maybe you've got front desk team or other support staff, but we take out, you know, we're going to obviously going to account for, we're going to budget and account for our payroll. We also have to have our pro use supplies, the cost to do our business, you know, whatever that would be. So what does it cost to buy the supplies so I can do my job? We take those things out. Other things that are certainly going to be on there, expenses that we're going to account for. You know, you're talking everything from utilities to your rent, to your mortgage. Maybe we've got some debt out there and we've got some debt repayment that we need to account for. We make a plan for that. How are we going to reduce that aspect of your business and get that away? You know, just the day-to-day workings of our company. Hey, we've got to keep printer paper on hand and we need to have, you know, uh, Kleenex and cleaning supplies and those types of things. So we're accounting for the expenses of the company, the day-to-day expenses of the company, the month-to-month expenses that emerge. And in the end, what we are looking to do is in this plan is not just hope there's money at the end to start to say, if I can generate X amount in sales and I can keep my expenses in control, I can start to accurately project the fact that we can start to be profitable on that bottom line. And we want to grow money on the bottom line because that's where the health of your business comes in. A lot of times we we will call uh, that profit, that fuel of your company. Think of it no different than thinking of your own car you might have, right? If the gas tank is empty in that car, doesn't matter how great that car is. It's not going anywhere. (laughs) So same thing with your business. If you can't put money, if you can't create profit and build cash in your business on that bottom line, it's going to be hard for that business to go forward, to move, to travel a distance, to get you where you want to go, just like an empty tank on a car would. Yeah, there's a couple of things I want to break down for people just so they know. This is the big thing for us. It was huge. When we finally were able to predict our sales, like before this happened, we would just go, well, what do you think we'll make this month? I think 80,000 sounds like a great goal. We'll make 80 grand. Why not? Because everyone wants to make 80 grand a month. And then, of course, we were all over the map. And we based it on, well, what did we do last year? What did we do two years ago? What did we do last week? What's the weather like today? Is it good? Because I think good weather will help. Good weather helps. And so we learned quickly that none of those things had anything to do with it. What really helped bring back productivity into this is we we learned, oh, this is why productivity is needed. Because when you know how productive you are, if you're 80% productive, and I know that I'm selling this many hours on average every month, I know that I'm going to sell. And one more thing you'll have to learn, another critical number is what are you making per hour? Like when you do work, how much money does your salon in? You'll need to know your cost per hour, but also you need what you're charging per hour. Once you know these numbers, you're actually able to formulate that and you can sit down and you go, know what? I can pretty accurately bet we're going to make 85,000 and 250 bucks this month. And I would be within often just a five, you know, $10, $20 within that range or beat it or just slightly under it. But it was like easy to do. And at first it was hard, but eventually it got easy. And it was actually really exciting and almost like I can predict the future. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I'm going to tie this back to, you know, kind of early in this conversation around, we talked about productivity and hiring. Mm -hmm. Same thing here, cash flow plan. It allows you to account for the fact that what if I hire someone new, what's the impact on my company going to be? And this is really cool because when you use this cash flow plan, as Paul just described, you can say, hey, I'm going to now add this many more hours to my business. 
We know the pricing of our business, so I know what we can generate the average cost per hour. So if I add 50 more hours at $50 per hour, well, that's going to mean I'm going to make another $2,500 in sales Mm -hmm. based upon that example, right? So you can accurately project the impact of bringing someone new into your company. And then you can also go, what is my payroll going to be with this? So maybe if you if you pay hourly, you can say, oh, I'm going to pay this person X amount of dollars per hour. Here's the cost of that. Maybe you're going to work commission in your approach. Great. Well, if we generate X amount, what's the amount I'm going to designate on this payroll line? But the point is, it allows you to project sales and expenses. And you can see bottom line then, is this a good hire or a bad hire? And this is when I go back to, I'm going to connect the dot back to what I said earlier. When you hire for need based on productivity, you always make a good financial hire based on your cash flow plan. Because when you are hiring because you have 80, 85% regular productivity, you have the need, the demand is there in your business to sell more time. Mm -hmm. And so when you add that person in, your sales are automatically going to increase. And even though expense is going to be there with payroll, you will see that that increase off very easily starts to drop to that bottom line and starts to give you some profitability uh, in a much easier way. But when you hire based upon low productivity and not really the need, well, then you're still getting payroll out there anyway. And again, the equation just gets thrown off and yeah. it, it's hard. And that's it's what hard. this does. It creates that real discipline to run, finally start making real, well, it's, it's like you're play, doing math now. I know a lot of people are like, no, I hate math. I get it. But welcome to the real world. If you're going to run a salon, you're going to have to do some math. It's not difficult right. math, but you have to do no. some math. And maybe you don't right. do it yourself. You hire somebody to do this you know, for you, to yeah. track these things, because this is really the only way that you're going to responsibly grow and, and reach those goals that we all have. Yeah, maybe you have a team member who loves loves this stuff and, you, and wants to help Let's, manage the place. Well, that's it. You know, It is some math involved, but I also believe that's why God created Excel. <laughs> so that way, all I can do is key something in, and you know what? The rest of it just figures itself out. But you are right, Paul. This is the kind of thing where this is just part of running a business. You do not have to be an accountant. No, you don't have to know every every in and out. You don't have to be a lawyer and know every rule of law or anything like that. But you do have to know the key core components and be able to say, like Tusney said. I think she brought it up. Listen, you know what? There's a lot of businesses out there that know what's going on, but they also say, you know what? That's why I have a bookkeeper that does X, Y, and Z for me. I still need to pay attention. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exclude you from having to look at your information. You got to know what you're looking at to make good decisions. But there are many, many tools out there or people out there that can also help Mm -hmm. uh, in these, you know, in these components too. Exactly. And real quick, I will just also give one other thing because I know, predicting your sales is really big. And the other thing that you guys gave us is really knowing percentages, like what percentage should go to stuff. Like I remember one conference I went to and it was the last conference and someone on stage said 30% of your budget should go towards advertising or marketing. And I was like, well, good luck with that. Cause then you will literally never make a dime in your business. Cause you can't spend that much money of your budget on, on, on marketing and be profitable. But I remember with you guys, the one of the big ahas was like, okay, your payroll should not go over 40% for your staff, like your your service providers. Right. It should stay under 40. If it goes over 40, 
you, you, your numbers begin to break down or you have to start stealing from other departments. Like your rent can't be, it has to be really cheap now or something has right. to yeah. make up the space. And that's, can I just say, it was really huge because in the last world, the numbers we were hearing were it's 70% should go to a payroll. Yeah. 70% should go to your, your staff. And that's the model that we were My, operating. Michael's with. shaking right now. No, no, but that's what we thought. I am a little bit shaky. Yeah. We're just like, where's the money? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's it. It comes down to, again, everyone wants to be, you know, we want everyone to pay fairly. You, we want people, you know, we want to do right by people uh, as employers. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's exactly it, Paul. Going back to what you said, and I'll, and I'll compare it is the fact that yeah, I mean, our sweet spot is we want to be thirty to thirty-five percent in relate as an expense in relation to total sales. And and Paul said forty percent. Yeah, you don't want to get over that because again, I'm going to give you green light, yellow, red, man. You know, green light thirty to thirty-five percent. Now, what I'm talking about, just for extreme clarity. We're not talking about a uh, commission percentage. Yeah, we're saying. I did X amount in total sales, meaning services and retail combined. I did $10,000, all right, Mm -hmm. just as an example. How much was my service payroll? If my service payroll was between $3,000 to $3,500, that falls as a percentage in 30 to 35%. If I go above, yellow light is 35 to 40%. You're starting starting to Get tax on you a bit, uh, but you can make it. But if you go over 40, that, that's a real red light. And because, because everyone needs to realize this is because there are so many other expenses in the company that in order to do what's right, you got to keep lights on and you got to keep these other things going because utilities are going to eat up some of that. Your rent or mortgage is going to be a percentage in there. All these other factors that we talked about earlier all start to add up. And when you combine most all of those together, we generally find on the average about 45 to 50% of your sales immediately go to just, I would just call it overhead of your company. You know, and we haven't even got to payroll or anything like that yet. Or front, so, yeah, front desk too. You have front desk we haven't done. I and mean, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it. And so when you look at that, that's a whole other. So when we say 30 to 35% for extreme clarity, we mean in relation to overall sales, the expense to overall sales, service and retail combined. And that is only for service providing. If you have front desk, and I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, or any other department like that, that is not a direct service provider, that's not in that 30 to 35% range. We want to keep that more 10% or under. But just again, for those listening, you know, that is separate, but you still want to be about 10% maybe for your support team uh, around you. And then there's like owner pay, there's savings, by the way. Taxes, right? Taxes yes. take a big cut. I mean, the truth is, most people think, oh, it's fifty percent commission. <laughs> that means I get fifty, the company gets fifty, and the company should be fine. And the problem with that mentality, which is just some reasons, is embedded in the culture and the thinking of our world. The salon cannot make a profit when you sit down and you pay mm-hmm. your front desk, and when you pay for advertising, like thirty percent advertising. Um, but when you pay for all these other departments, merchant fees. That stuff right. all adds up so quickly. And before you know it, which I've met so many salon owners, even in the last world, where like, do you pay yourself? And they go, actually, no, I just, I make tips. Uh, or I, right. I, I squeeze a little bit out. If I work a little extra, 
I'll work on Saturdays just so I can have an extra day in, and I, that's yep. why I pay myself. And that's the saddest story to hear when you're the one most responsible for this beast. Got all the risk. The liability, everything, and you're making nothing like your staff. <laughs> right. Uh, we hear that same exact story. I mean, everything you said and the other common thing that I'm just going to add in there because it, these things relate to those listening is – if you're in the mindset where you did anything that Paul and Tustany just said, if that sounds like you, the challenge is we want to get away from that. That doesn't lead to health for anyone. I mean, that doesn't lead to your own well-being oh. as a person, uh-huh. uh, mentally or physically. It drains on you. But also the other one I hear a lot is, well, there's something left at the end of the month then that's how I kind of pay myself. And now, however, that's determined. I'm not quite exactly sure, (laughs) but there's that, there's still that feeling of, I think there are people, and again, I already advised against this, but if there's at least something left in the checkbook after I know I've paid all my expenses and I know those things are done before the next month starts, if there's anything left in there, I'm going to take some of that money. Yeah. And that's not how business was designed to be done. No. Simple as there's it's a better a, way. There is. <laughs> it's a depleted, beleaguered squirrel on a wheel that is just like, <laughs> yes. if that describes your heart, yeah. girls, there's a better answer. We've been on that wheel and we want to go into the next point, but let, let me just wrap up and let people, those playing at home. If you want to just do this right now, go and look at your budget. Literally add up every, your expenses and, and then break down percentages. Find out what your paying percentage. Like what's your – if you're – right now you're doing $10,000 in revenue and you're, you're spending $2,000 a month on rent. Well, guess what? 20% of your budget is going towards your rent. And just go through that. And I know the strategies, they ask you to go back three months. So, again, you get the average because maybe you're buying product. One month you're buying a lot of product, but next month you don't buy any. And you're like, well, I had 0% on one month for my product purchases. And next month I spent – $10,000 and now I, you don't know what to do with it. So you average it out over three months and that kind of gives you kind of a better yep. idea. So if you can go through that, I think for you at home, you can just sit down and at least for now, find out what your percentages are. See if something is out of line and if something looks like, wow, I didn't realize I'm paying 40% of my income towards rent. That's not good, by the way. That'd be way too much and you really need to yeah. get new rent or find a better way to make or to raise more raise your prices or whatever it is but at least we'll get starting with this and then like we'll talk a little bit later there's a place where you can go with strategies and they're uh, they have a program that they're working on that's going to actually help people implement and learn this stuff in real in real time so last thing let's talk about communication systems this this is like a 10-hour talk but why don't we just talk about what's the one communication system that you guys advocate that you think really helps salons to really build a better team well, I mean, if, if I'm going to pick out one, and there are multiple ones, but if I'm going to pick out one that I would say, listen, if you don't do anything else, do this, and that would be the daily huddle. A daily huddle is this. It's five to seven minutes, beginning of the day with your team, just getting everyone on the same page, updating everyone as to, hey, what happened yesterday? Let's just kind of update what we achieved yesterday. Let's address any real challenges that might tumble over into today. It's also setting up your day to look and say, what are our goals for today? It's also looking and saying, hey, where do we have time and opportunity, uh, maybe within our schedule? It's just a time. It's a time to celebrate. Hey, someone's got a birthday. Cool. Yeah. And give out some love that way. It's just a time to get everyone on the same page so that that day can be the best it can be. Think about it as a brief news break that begins the day that gives you the highlights of the day, getting on the same page for the day in whatever area that is. But I, I mean, I have—I will tell you right now that I have seen many, many, many uh, a business that we have worked at that said, you know, 
The biggest game changer in our company was when we got disciplined about doing daily huddles. And again, these happen before the beginning of your day. So if your day starts at 9 a.m., we're going to start a huddle at like, say, 8.45 or 8.50. And we're going to take that first five to seven minutes. Don't go longer than 10 because now you're in a meeting. All right. This isn't (laughs) meant to be a meeting. It's not meant to be who didn't sweep a floor, who didn't turn, you know, do some laundry. This is all about what's going to make that day better. And I would tell you, there are testimony after testimony around businesses that have implemented a regular huddle to begin their day. And that has made all the difference in the world, just because when people know and we're all on the same page, that makes such an impact on your company. It's it's, huge. it's crazy. Yeah, I crazy. Know for us, what was great is because we had monthly goals and it was just a chance to know, get an update where we're at with our monthly goals and are we on track? And if we're behind... Then we know early on, like in the first few days, even the month, like, oh, wow, we had a bad start for the month. Let's try to push a little harder because I don't want to get behind our goals because our companies, as strategies taught, is there's a team bonus. So everyone gets a benefit when the company makes more money Then everyone benefits from it. It's not just because the owner's mm-hmm. like, wow, we're making more money for the owner. And we sit here like right. slaves. Like, no, this is all about everyone getting a, a cut from that. So it was very important. And also what I loved is for us is we had a chance to talk about clients because most of the day, especially in the last world, more than hair, because hair, you can kind of be in the same area and you can be cutting hair and you can hang out. Last world, everyone's in, usually in their own space, in the room, and yes. it's quiet and they're cut off from everyone. So there's no real chance to really even talk to people while you're doing it. So this is a great way for you to connect with your team, say hello, hopefully maybe have a little fun and then go over and review and or talk about clients and that type of stuff. So Now, I love the huddle and I know... If- It's so valuable. But some of our listeners are coming from a completely different background. And they might be thinking to themselves, hey, you know, I've got people starting at different times. Can't we just send out a group text? I'll just send a group text. Like, or what about a memo? We just put a memo on the back. What what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do I think? Here's what I would say. To be 100% transparent, I would say this. I'd rather at least that happen than nothing happen. But, but... That is not also giving you the green light that it takes the place of a huddle. Mm -hmm. All right. So some communication is better than no communication on these things. But don't fall into that trap, Tustin, that you're bringing up. Don't fall into the trap that a text by memo, you know, or huddle by, I should say huddle by memo, whether it's a text (laughs) or, or we post something in the back that everyone looks at. That doesn't work long term because you're not making the connection. And so if you have a team that comes in at various times, my encouragement would be this. Maybe we need to have one or two huddles a day. Mm-hmm. And maybe for that second huddle, let's say you got a, like an afternoon shift that might come in. Listen, does that mean everyone has to be there? No, but we want everyone in the afternoon to get huddled so they know what's happened in the day so far. So maybe you have one person's that designated huddle leader that when that second wave of people might come in or, or someone else comes in later at a later start time, that they still get the same information everyone got at the beginning of a day. So it's just being, honestly, I would tell you right now, it's if you make the commitment to this discipline, it's not hard 
It really isn't hard. And I will tell you, it will move the needle on your company. I can guarantee few things I can say guarantee around this one. I will use that term and mean it. I guarantee you that when you up the game of communication and get everyone on the same page and you commit to that, you will see changes in your company that are powerful and good. And for the benefit of everybody, because no one likes to go, when did we start doing that? When did that happen? No one wants to be left out in the dark and a huddle just keeps everyone in the light and on the same page with, hey, Here's what's going on. Here's the promotion that we're pushing this month. Here's what we're doing. Don't forget about this. Don't forget about that. And it's also a great time also to give out some love and some acknowledgement too. It's not just all about some numbers because that's important. Where are we in the goals and things like that? What are we going to do today? But it's also time to give out some love and be like, man, Paul, great job yesterday. I saw that work that you did. A great job, Tustany. I saw what you were doing over there. And man, we got a great review that uh, Tustany came back. And I just want to share this you know, this Yelp review with everyone or this Google review with everyone, just giving out love. It's a great time to give out some love too. I have to say that everything you're saying is absolutely true. And we tried the text, we tried the the memo and those things, (laughs) they don't do anything for the leadership and the communication. And once we started doing these things, it was a tool that we used the huddles, but it transformed the communication and it really coalesced us into a team. And all those great things were happening. It did move the needle because all of a sudden we had a system that was in place to, you know, you can look face to face with people and make sure that they understand it because there's people that are in your team that are different learners than you, and they're not going to be motivated or learn through a memo. And it also doesn't develop that leadership where you're actually, you know, investing in the team and making sure that they get it. So everything that you said is right on. And I want you guys to start thinking about adding a huddle. Yeah, it's huge. And it really shows you care about your team. I mean, that's why I love this. It gives you that chance. And as a business owner, it also lets you, for me, the most important thing is, I always thought, is everyone looking me in the eye? When I started seeing people putting their eyes down or not looking, I knew there's a problem going on. Like They are not here. They're disengaging. And I'm able to read my crowd a little bit better. Are they upset with something? Then yeah. we've got to talk about it. Yeah. You know, it it's yeah. like a daily thermometer check or you know, temperature check. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's the health of my team? Yeah. It doesn't mean they're quitting. It just means that maybe they're having a bad day and I need to pull them aside and encourage them. Or, or exactly. Yeah, you know, there's a I lot going on. So yeah, the huddle is key. And I and I think people that's of all the things we said today, that's the easiest thing right now. Just tomorrow. Yes. Just say, guys, we're going to be for five minutes before we start. And we're just going to talk about our day and, and, and review what's happening right. and all that. So that's great. Yep. You got that right. I'm just going to reemphasize what you just said. You're exactly right. For everyone out there, this is something you can start tomorrow, the next day, very easily. And when people say, what's this about? Hey, all we're trying to do is we just want to make sure we all start our day on a high, on the right foot together. We want to start our day together and on the right foot. And no one's going to be like, well, I don't want that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, no, I love that you brought that up, Paul, because it is. It's something you can do. It's easy and it will make a difference. Yeah, super cool. Well, let's get into, because, I man, time has flown, and I appreciate, Michael, you spending this time with us. I know you guys have this thing that you're going, you're, I think you already launched, or you're launching soon called Solo the Team. I thought maybe you could break yeah. that down and share with people can how they can maybe get involved with that. 
Yeah. So thank you. Let me give you a little bit of info. We do have a new class coming up and it's uh, the next one. Uh, you can check, obviously, it's going to be on a schedule on a regular basis. Uh, you can go to strategies.com and find our course list there. But we've got one coming up April 3rd through the 5th. But we've got a class called Solo to Team. And what Solo to Team is, is this class is built for anyone that's out there that's saying, you know what, I want to start a business. You know, and I'm not sure where exactly to begin, but I know I'd like to get a start at something. And so solo just simply being, hey, I'm one person that's looking to start something up, you know, and it doesn't matter what your current situation is. You're just saying, listen, I want to start my own company. I want to do my own thing, whatever that means, whether that just means you still want to stay, maybe potentially just as a solopreneur, that's fine. Maybe you're thinking about, I want to add team members uh, down the road or me, that does not matter, but I want to start my own business. That's what solo team is about, starting up your company and starting to build that team around you. And so the foundation of this is it's really a lot of the nuts and bolts. So we'll talk about everything from how to make sure you're properly set up. Do you want to be an S-Corp, a C-Corp? I and mean, there are different things you need to be aware of that right now you might be going, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. We're going to give you an awareness. You know, start to think of because that's an important business decision that you have to make for, you know, when you set up and start a business. Also, how to set it up and start it properly. So we talked a lot about cash flow plan. We're going to start help you build a cash flow plan to get your business started on the right foot. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about other things around hiring. We'll talk about basically all the nuts and bolts that it takes to begin a business. Mm. All right. And that's what Solo the Team is about. So if that sounds like something of interest to you, awesome. I'll go back and just say one more thing. If you already have a business, but are looking to say, I want to maybe, I want to look into a different way to uh, the business model, a little different business model, a little different approach, but I already have my business. So we're already up and going. That's where, again, going back to the class that we talked about early called Incubator, that would be a great fit uh, for you if you're a listener out there, because that is a class that is it's still about building a cash flow plan, but it's making sure it talks about career paths for your team members. It talks about the core systems you need to have in place. Everything from we talked about huddles, we talk about scoreboards, we talk about pricing services properly. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of information in uh, Incubator. But again, that would be for already, I have my business but now I'm looking to. So kind of just depends on where you are, but solo team is a great new class, a great offering, and um, might be something that fits a lot of needs out there. I think so. Both of those are great options. Yeah, if you have a business, it's basically business one-on-one. You're literally, if you've never studied business and you've just been winging it by the seat of your pants, which is probably most people I know, we were that way. You're learning the hard way. And why don't you just go and jump on the bandwagon? Some people have been doing this for over 25 years and have been, helping tons, hundreds of salons to get control of their business. And the incubator is great for that. And if you're solo, um, this new program, I'm excited because I think for the last industry, most people are solo, but yep. the majority do want to hire a team. So this is, I think, a perfect fit for a lot of our people. So um, where can they find all this information? So yeah, again, go check out strategies.com. It's the easiest place to find out all the in lowdown on what's happening in strategies along with our complete course list with, uh, uh, and on there, you've got more in-depth uh, descriptions and and some videos that talking about the classes. So that would be your main resource, uh, main place to go. All right. Well, thank you, Michael. It's been awesome. Uh, I mean, by the way, guys, Michael's 
we only have two people we've invited to every LashCon <laughs> and it's been to speak. And it's Michael and Daryl. Really special. Really, because everyone, we love all our speakers. They are great. But for us, Michael and Daryl bring a whole different world of wisdom and knowledge. It's foundational DNA. If you adopt this kind of thinking and planning and systems, you will have success. You will. You and, absolutely yeah. will. Yeah. And so that's why they're back again this year. They'll be here yeah. in November. Um, they have great classes, great content, and their, and their table is always fun. They're good. They're just fun guys to hang out with, too. And by the way, I'll just share this secret because uh, people know I'm a board gamer. Uh, Michael's yeah. a board gamer, too. Yes. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, it was a nice, uh, fortuitous uh, surprise uh, at the right. um, serious business. We're like, you do games? What? Wait, you board game? Wait, but do you really, really? Yeah. board I'm game? I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Monopoly. No, no, no. Because no. that's what always no, people no, think. No, no, no. They always think Monopoly risk. No, we're talking sorry. complete nerd fest. Yes. Ladies, yeah, exactly. it, this is like nerd fest. Yeah. 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 Totally we, proud of it, though. Our friendship went to a whole nother level. <laughs> totally level. Absolutely. And like I said, the last con, you're, yeah, you're going to have to just beat us off. You're, somebody you're just going to be like, you're just going to have to be so blatantly like, we do not want you here anymore to get us away from it. We love it. We love it. Oh, uh, it is. It's great. We love having you there. So thank you, Michael, for being on here today. And we'll uh, talk again soon, I'm sure. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, we are done. That's a wrap. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Strategies has that discount code. I don't want you to forget. Go write this down right now. Lashcast25, all lowercase, Lashcast25 for their class solo team on April 3rd through the 5th. And the link's in the show notes. So go right now, sign up today. Take that course, especially if you're looking to hire. This is a perfect course for you. Even if you have, by the way, employees, I promise you, if you're thinking about moving or changing your systems or you're not happy with the way your business is going, this might be a good fit for you. Go look at what it is and read up on it. And if not, the other thing you can look at is Incubator. That's their one that, that takes salon owners and really gives them the systems that we ran in our business for the last six years before we had closed our salon. So, guys, really good stuff promise you is well worth the money i want to ask you to please follow us on instagram at lashcast podcast and at the last conference and remember to subscribe share and review on behalf of my lash beanie tusney as well as our special guest michael i want to thank you for taking some time to listen keep on lashing and remember you have a friend in the lash industry